This is a Tech Briefs Media Group podcast. Welcome to another Who's Who at NASA podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Brian Treese, mechanical engineer at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Brian, thanks for being with us. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. So, Brian, I was initially uh, interested uh, in talking with you because I had read an article about origami-inspired designs. And so I wanted to start this discussion off by asking uh, how the principles of origami can be used to design spacecraft. Sure. Yeah, we started looking at uh, origami as a way of uh, doing uh, uh, storable and deployable large-scale structures. And, uh, you know, most of the time we do these things like the, the space station panels. We use simple accordion folds. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to say that we really went outside of the box to go use uh, origami inspiration. But really, I think that's kind of the next logical step when you're looking for any more, you know, novelty in your folding schemes. So uh, when we started going that way, uh, we found, uh, right, there's a a lot of math there present to help you uh, do design. So it's not like other other soft goods like sewing a uh, parachute or... Know, crumpling up uh, uh, various filler materials, uh, but there's a lot of math behind it that can allow you to, you know, have, to have a good engineering start point and, uh, and do some design that way. Um, so we're yeah we're taking advantage of various techniques. You know, uh, origami has been around maybe uh, there might be some references that go back a thousand years, but it's really a, a few centuries that it goes back. And a lot of the work. Uh, a lot of the art that was done for a long time was very simple. Uh, well, it's, it's the things that we're familiar with from elementary school, the, the cranes and the fish and some of the things like that. But it was only about 100 years ago that the artist, the art really took in a, a new dimension at a point when uh, someone actually came up with a diagrammatic, uh, diagrammatic way of capturing origami folds. And so it was that transmission of information that allowed things to uh, keep propagating into more advanced origami. And then uh, even more recently, I'd say it's about 40 years ago, uh, that uh, the mathematical techniques, you know, the mathematicians that dove in and really uh, explored it uh, for what where they could go with it. And not necessarily knowing to what even end they were doing. It was just kind of an interest. And what it enabled, first of all, is it enabled uh, the artists to do much more uh, inspired and advanced uh, designs. And uh, the engineers and everyone, well, we kept watching and, and everyone worked together, and so it's a really neat field. You know, it's at the nexus of engineering and, and art and culture, and, uh, and and all sides are have benefited from it along the way. Recently, there have been some new applications demanding uh, more advanced packaging schemes for various uh, arrays, and that was one of the ones we were looking at uh, that turned us in that direction. And uh, we started off by contacting uh, one of the preeminent uh, minds in origami and engineering. And, and that's how this all started off. What did you first develop that used the origami principles? Was it the solar array? Yeah, it was, the, it was that solar array. Uh, the, uh, it's based on a paper design that's called a flasher for the way that when you, you know, pull two edges of it, it, it flashes open to a big circle and shrinks again. That's the paper design. And uh, I guess that's one of the challenges of, of doing anything uh, with origami. But for engineering is that origami always assumes a zero thickness uh, material or paper, and uh, so our first challenge is to build something that actually had thickness, and that pushed us immediately right into the math, and we had to uh, actually write a lot of algorithms and do a lot of uh, code that allowed us to uh, accommodate thickness of panels. You know, at, at every fold line, if you have multiple folds, that 
it's the, the bend uh, accumulates, and you have to know you have to plan for that ahead of time, or else you get all kinds of jamming in the way down. So we got a nice, robust means for doing that, and then yeah, we were fabricating that the solar array. We're calling that the uh, the Hana Flex right now. Hana is the Japanese word for flower, and so it, you know, it, it, if you watch this deploy, it actually looks like a flower blooming. It, you know, it expands out radially from the central hub and kind of rotates as it's doing it to do that. And, uh, and then as you watch it, all the panels in there, it looks like a kind of complex motion, but all the panels in there are uh, they're rigid deployables. That means they're not necessarily flexing. And if uh, you want to put something delicate on there like solar cells, uh, this, you know, what we've done to the origami techniques can accommodate that without putting extra stresses into them. So what can be done with the, the finished product of these foldable solar arrays? Right. Uh, well, one of the things that inspired us was uh, looking at solar electric propulsion. There was a call out from NASA looking for how can we do large arrays in alternate uh, means. And we're talking arrays that might be uh, 150 to 300 kilowatts output. And for reference, these space station ISS right now is putting out about 84 kilowatts and was designed, it was originally put out around 250, but now it's, you know, after a, a lifetime, it's putting out, around, uh, like I said, 84. So that, that's reference. Uh, we were looking at a uh, design uh, to generate similar kilowatts. And again, the application here is a solar electric propulsion where you use energy collected to drive potentially uh, ion thrusters or something like that that would, you know, they're talking about this right now for the asteroid retrieval uh, mission. Uh, so to get this kind of large structure, <clears throat> uh, some people are looking at it. Some people are using typical uh, fan folds to get that kind of area. <clears throat> we like our packaging. I think we offer a unique uh, alternative in the way that you know we can store, we can stow around the hub of the spacecraft. And if you look at the fairing of like an Atlas V uh, rocket or even something bigger like a like SpaceX or Falcon 9. Uh, we can fit uh, the panels. They, they wrap around the hub of a spacecraft. They can still be maybe three meters across, and you use that circumference area out to the, the bearing to fill up with the, the shade. And then when it deploys, it, uh, right, it can deploy out to maybe 30 meters flat. And what's nice is it deploys out, you know, symmetrically, radial from the, out from the spacecraft. So if you're worried about spacecraft dynamics, you don't have awkward uh, panels, you know, hanging off like appendages. Uh, especially if you want to rotate your spacecraft, you know, uh, all your uh, momentum is more balanced. So, in fact, saying that, uh, another possibility is the deployment itself could be uh, typically based where we, we spin the spacecraft to uh, either fully uh, deploy or a system deployment of, of the panels to the final configuration. And what are you working on now with uh, these types of designs? So, yeah, that was the original inspiration for the, the large solar shades. Uh, there's been a lot of interest and momentum in the topic along the way. Now we're, uh, turns out that, you know, go, so going big made origami uh, potentially of interest. Going small makes origami of interest as well. And right now there's a lot of interest in small sets. And there's a whole cube set movement going on with all the universities. And we're increasingly interested in those as well. But the thing with cube sets is that uh, everything that, you know, that we're experts in for traditional spacecraft engineering doesn't necessarily scale down to a package that, you know, a CubeSat is 10 centimeters on a side roughly. 
uh, maybe up to 30 meters, 30 centimeters on a side for a larger one. But like all the, uh, the the hinges and hardware that would go with a traditional deployable just don't scale down there. And in fact, origami with its simplicity and efficient use of material uh, might be the only solution to get some of the deployables we're looking at. So we're, we're looking at a few things there. We're looking at deployable antennas. Uh, we're, there's a possibility to do a deployable uh, reflector array, which is a kind of a tuned antenna. There's uh, also no uh, one question that, that, that we don't know the answer yet to is how can we do deployable uh, structures that have a parabolic shape? Uh, and we recently had a workshop here at JPL discussing origami engineering and directions to go. And that was one of the key questions on what we can do to do a parabolic reflector that deploys in a similar fashion. What was that particular challenge with, uh, with that kind of structure? Right, getting a precision, a precision parabolic shape for a reflector, an antenna dish. Because right now our, uh, the deployable we're doing deploys out to a flat sheet, which does have some applications. Uh, but there's many more if we can get uh, you know, precision-engineered shapes, such as uh, curved reflectors. And the final thing that we're working on now is uh, NASA has a big uh, technology uh, program uh, called the Starshade. And uh, I just started on this program, so I'm, I'm not the expert in it, but I'm learning a lot right now. The Starshade is going to be a 34-meter deployable uh, disk circle up in, up in space that works in tandem with a telescope. And it's a precision optical system for doing imagery of uh, distant stars uh, orbiting, or distant, uh, yeah, distant stars, well, the planet's orbiting those stars. So it works, uh, this, this, it works in tandem with a telescope that's about 10,000 miles away, both in orbit, and uh, the, the disk blocks the starlight so that the telescope can see the, the planets orbiting it. So it's a big precision uh, deployable. And right now, uh, there's a lot of elements to it, uh, with, you know, deployable trusses and things like that. That you know, we uh, we have some experience in. What we have less experience in is the actual, the covering, the the blanket that's going to block the light, and how that goes in tandem with this large truss structure. So uh, initial thoughts uh, that we're looking at some of the origami techniques. It could be a design that's similar to uh, the, the the Hanaflex design that. Uh, has previously, you know, been featured. While we were talking about applications, another I had read uh, in that article was uh, the possibilities of using um, space solar power for for Earth purposes. So basically, an orbiting power power plant. Uh, how realistic is that? Uh, I think uh, an architecture like we're looking at makes it much more realistic. Uh, right now, you know, it's a, it's a field of interest to a lot of people, but yeah, there are a lot of high hurdles in it that need to be overcome. And one is, you know, cheaply generating lots of these large deployable structures that could be, you know, put up into uh, high in orbit, perhaps geosynchronous orbit, uh, simply, and then uh, with a, at a cost a level that's, you know, economical for generating power. The, the, the premise is that these collect solar power and then, uh, beam it back down to Earth uh, via microwave to uh, stationary collectors on the Earth. And uh, in fact, they have a power plant that way that can uh, operate on solar 24 hours a day, uh, depending where you place your uh, your satellite. Uh, so what we can offer is, again, this idea of you know, each one of these collectors we send up can be done in one uh, launch, and the entire uh, 
array can deploy in one launch and have the, the right circular shape as opposed to uh, other architectures where maybe other architectures would propose having a robotic assembly in space or something like that. Have you always had an interest in origami or is this something uh, that kind of occurred uh, in your engineering work later? <laughs> I had an interest in origami, but uh, it was a long time ago. It's been a, I guess, discontinuous interest. But definitely in the elementary and junior high and high school, I was always grabbing books out from the library and studying the different patterns and trying things out. And uh, in fact, I was even in Japan as an exchange student in high school 20 years ago. And I just came across the photo album being 20 years ago and was looking through it all. And there's a picture of me in a, a Japanese uh, McDonald's in the city of Osaka. And I'm, I'm folding origami cranes out of a burger wrapper. <laughs> So I, I had, yeah, I have a documented uh, history in, in the field, but uh, but then you know that was before I started college, and when I, you know, I took all the years of undergrad and graduate in mechanical engineering, and never never thought of it again as a real having engineering potential uh, until we started to work with some of the experts here. And so, uh, right, I guess you know I, I had the, I had the same perception problem that, that a lot of people have that you know I thought of it as a as a toy, you know, a child's item and then see the, the promise that it holds. So uh, that's where we're at now is, you know, doing some of these demos and showing people that, yeah, this is, it, it's much more than a toy. It can, you know, be very elegant in solving some of our engineering problems. And uh, once we show that, then, yeah, I think uh, then it flips and then the, the public comes very inspired to, to think about, you know, a lot of people can relate to the, the origami array when, when they see it and know that, you know, that they could hold something like that on their own in their free time. And what are you doing in the in the short? Like, what are your uh, short term goals with this for now? Is it about uh, demonstrating the possibilities? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're we're definitely trying to find possibilities, find uh, more applications. Uh, prototypes we've done right now have been with, done with the dummy solar panels, and one of the things we like to explore is the electrification of these panels and all the issues that come with that. You know, putting, how do you run power across both lines and things like that? So I think there are a lot of uh, solutions that we want to uh, look at. So, yeah, that'll definitely be the next steps. And then some uh, doing some things on the scale, uh, the CubeSat scale that I mentioned, these little 10-centimeter satellites. That offers a good platform to try novel and new things without the full cost of doing uh, uh, large spacecraft. So I think some of these small antennas and curved antennas can be done at that scale. So we're working on some designs for that and trying to find the right partners and missions that would be willing to fly that. And finally, what do you think is most exciting to you about this type of work? I think it's really exciting that uh, it's kind of the next steps where this all goes. Right now, it's just, we're just folding one material and maybe putting some solar panels on it. But I see everything being done in that you know, 2D process where you have... The material, uh, you have the fold lines, you have a, you, know, you could have your electronics printed onto it. Uh, there are companies that print solar panels. You could have your solar printed onto it. You could do all your uh, batteries uh, and various shielding, all, all these 2D manufacturing processes uh, very simply, and then have it folded into your 3D, three-dimensional structure when you're done. So it's a little bit different than the current, you know, the 3D printing is the the... A big buzz right now, 
but I think there's a lot that can still happen with 2D printing that we enable with origami techniques. And then, right, uh, I think uh, 2D processes or, or 2D manufacturing processes are much more easy to translate and potentially put up in space or bring to another planet uh, if you want to do fabrication in other extreme locations. Well, Brian Treese, thanks for taking the time to speak with me today. I appreciate it. All right, it's great talking with you.